Hey there, this is episode 9 of the Balance 5 podcast, How to Calculate Your Net Worth, Financial Security Step Number 4. Welcome to the Balance 5 podcast, where we talk about balancing intentional debt payoff, saving money, and actually living your life. I'm your host, Raylia, small business owner, wife, girl mom, nonprofit co founder, and money nerd. This is an audio version of the Balanced 5 blog, because I know how hard it is to find time to sit down and read literally anything. Instead, you can get quick bits of money knowledge on the go. I want to help you learn to control your money instead of letting your money control you. Let's get started. Calculate your net worth to track your financial progress. Net worth goes up as assets increase and debts decrease. Calculating your net worth helps you measure your progress toward financial security. Over time, you want your net worth to increase, obviously. Once it hits a million dollars, you are officially a millionaire, even if you don't have that much in cash. So to go about this process, first I want you to go download your free worksheet. It's called Calculate Your Net Worth Worksheet. It's linked in the show notes and it will walk you through everything you need to know to calculate your net worth as we talk through this episode. If you want proof, like real world proof, that the financial security steps work, look at my family. We're still paying off debt, but our net worth has increased by over 200000 since October of 2019. I'm recording this in June of 2021, and part of that is due to increased real estate value, like our area has gone crazy, and our house's value has gone up a lot, but it's also due to good returns on retirement investments and paying off a lot of debt over that period. First of all, what is net worth? One of the major indicators of financial security is your net worth. A positive net worth indicates that liquidating or selling off or cashing out all of your assets would cover your outstanding liabilities. In English, if you sold your home and car and cashed out all of your savings and investments, you could pay off all of your loans and debts. The formula is assets minus liabilities equals net worth. If your net worth is negative, that means you couldn't pay off your debts by selling everything. That's not a great place to be, but it is fixable. You can either increase your assets by saving more or decrease your liabilities by paying down debt. After investing a minimum of 3% in retirement, as we discussed in previous podcast episodes, you should focus your efforts on paying down debt. If you're out of debt, then definitely focus on saving more, whether it's in retirement or just in you know, as a regular savings account or other non-retirement investments. But how do you actually calculate your net worth? Step one, list all your assets. Step two, list all your liabilities. And step three, do the math. So for step one, listing all of your assets. Uh, it's pretty easy to get started. Assets are anything that you own. This could be property like a house or car or cash you know, in air quotes, like in a savings account or a retirement account. 
Some businesses will have intangible assets, things that you can't see or touch, like goodwill, patents, or copyrights. And now that I'm thinking about it, somebody like an author or the small business owner themselves would have those assets on their personal balance sheet if they don't have everything set up through a separate business entity. So it's really technical. Don't worry about it. It probably won't apply to you. I use the easiest ways to find the asset values, even if they're not the most accurate. So for me, consistency is more important for tracking personal net worth. So for example, if your home is underestimated by $20,000 each month on Zillow, the changes you see in the net worth are still meaningful. Your net worth calculation might not be completely accurate, but if you're using the same source for your information month to month, the change will be accurate. Okay, I'm just going to go through a list of different assets and give you ideas of where to find the value of that asset. First up is real estate. If you rent, you can obviously skip this step. Real estate is most likely your home, but it could also be empty land, farmland, a vacation home, or commercial property. I just use Zillow each month to input the value of my home. So you just go to you know, Zillow.com, put in your address, and it'll give you an estimate of your home's value. Uh, even if it's not accurate, it's close enough to get you going. Next up are vehicles. This category includes any cars or trucks you own, as well as ATVs, UTVs, motorhomes, campers, trailers, etc. You can use NADA guides to estimate the value of property like this. Uh, I'm going to link to that website in the show notes to help you out, but you just put in the information about the vehicle and it'll give you an estimate of the value. Um, I also personally use kellybluebook.com or I think it's kbb.com to find the value of our vehicles since we don't have any special, you know, an ATV or camper or trailer or anything like that that I am tracking. So just Kelly Blue Book, put in information, and I choose the middle number on the uh, private sale option. I don't know if that's the most accurate, but consistency is more important. Now we'll move on to your bank accounts. Basically, all you need to do is log into your bank or banks and write down the balance of all of your accounts, both savings and checking. If you don't have online banking, use the most recent uh, hard copy statement that you have. And I would recommend getting online banking for more up-to-date information. Next are retirement accounts. Just log into any retirement accounts that you have and get the current value. Make sure that you write down the balance of the whole account, not just your contributions, if you're vested in your retirement. Uh, Vesting basically means that you have worked at that company long enough and that length of time is set by the company. Uh, You've worked there long enough and now you get to keep your employer contributions. Uh, For example, my last real job... (laughs) I worked at a university and you were not vested until you had worked there for five years as a full-time employee, I think. Um, So years one through five, I contributed to my retirement account and my employer also contributed, you know, according to 
whatever the agreement is. If I had worked there past five years when I quit, I could have taken the employer contributions with me, but I actually quit at about four years when my daughter was born. So when I left, all I got to take were my own contributions and I pretty much lost all that money that my employer had contributed over the years. So if you have not vested yet, only include your contributions in your calculations. If you're vested, include the entire balance. If you have other retirement accounts from old jobs, make sure that you include them in your calculations too. Um, And maybe talk to your financial advisor about whether you need to roll those over into a new type of account. You don't want to leave them sitting in some kind of account that only your employer will have access to eventually. Uh, You want to have control of retirement accounts from past jobs. Next up are investment accounts that are not strictly for retirement. So these are accounts that are not restricted by the IRS, like retirement accounts. They're likely invested in the stock market, treasury bonds, or local bonds. Um, Some local governments and schools do issue bonds. But you could sell the investments at any time without paying a high tax penalty, like you would if you were to sell or cash out some of your retirement investments early. Just log into your brokerage account or use the latest statement that you have to record the current balance. Last, we have other possessions of significant value. So I personally wouldn't bother including anything that could be reasonably valued at less than $5,000 unless you have a lot of them. So if you have, you know, 10 things that are valued at $4,000, probably include those. That's a lot of money. I don't have anything in this category personally, but it could be jewelry, collectibles, or artwork. So that's up to you to decide. I don't know how to value those things. It would depend on what it is. When you want to pay off debt, but just don't know where to start, I've got your back. The Debt Payoff Planner is a free downloadable guide that will walk you through three easy, actionable steps to create a customized debt payoff plan. You'll gather all of your debt information, choose a payoff method that works for your life, and create a plan that includes monthly payment amounts. Go to balancedfi.com slash debt payoff planner to download now. Okay, step two is list all of your liabilities. So liabilities can be harder to track down. They are anything that you owe. Basically, a liability is a loan of any type, including credit cards. So your debts. If you have an online login for your liability account, it's easy to get your balance. If you can't just log in, use Excel or a Google Sheet to keep track of your balance and payments. As you start listing your liabilities, record their interest rates and minimum payments for use in Financial Security Step 5, create your debt payoff plan. You can also record that information in the debt payoff planner, which is the free download you just heard a little ad for. I highly recommend you go download that and start working on it too. Most people's largest liability is a mortgage. A mortgage is a loan for the purchase of real estate. Unless you paid cash, you have a mortgage on the real estate assets you have listed already. Next up are vehicle loans. 
It'll list any loans that you have on cars, trucks, trailers, and other recreational vehicles. Credit cards. You know what a credit card is. Just make sure to get all of your credit cards, including the stupid Victoria's Secret card you applied for in college and forgot about. Student loans. List all of your student loans, both private and federal. Personal loans. These can be harder to track down because there may not be a written loan agreement, so do your best and reach out to your lender if you need to. Taxes due. If you have any tax liabilities, you should have received written communications about them. Remember that the IRS will never contact you by phone and any calls you receive are probably a scam. Definitely hold on to any letters you get from the IRS though. Uh, next up are HELOCs, which are a home equity line of credit. It's basically a credit card that is secured against the equity of your home. You can rack up pretty big debts there. You pay it off and you can borrow more. Uh, I wouldn't recommend taking one out if you don't have one already. But if you do, make sure to include that on this list. 401k loans. This is when you take a loan against your 401k and then you have to basically pay yourself back plus interest. It's important to pay these type of loans down before you leave the job or get fired because then you'll be required to pay it back quickly, like within a month or two. And if you don't have that cash lying around, you have to pay huge penalties on it. Uh, I would never ever recommend taking out a 401k loan unless it is the only way to avoid being homeless or dying. Medical debt. Contact your medical providers if you need an updated balance for your account. You can usually get a discount for paying in cash, so add negotiating these accounts to your to-do list while you're at it. Cell phone. If you purchased your cell phone from your provider and are still making monthly payments on it, that is a liability, so include it on this list. Step three is to do the math. Once you have written everything down on the worksheet, you just need to add up the assets column, add up the liabilities column, and subtract the liabilities from the assets. It is really easy math. I personally track our net worth and debt balances at the beginning of each month. The positive trend helps motivate mo both my husband and me um, I use an Excel sheet that I created, and one day I will upload that to my online store, but for now you can make your own pretty easy. You don't have to be as dedicated as I am, but I would absolutely calculate your net worth at critical times, such as the beginning of your debt-free journey. You'll want to see how far you've come once you're farther down the road at the end of each year, or maybe even every six months, just to keep track and monitor your progress. Or when you've paid off all of your debt, compare your net worth to the beginning. I guarantee it'll be better and you'll feel a lot better. So just a little warning before we go, you should track your net worth over time, but it's important to remember don't freak out when the value of your retirement account or other investments drop. Note that I said when, not if. That's because your investment balances will fluctuate with the stock market. And the best response to a drop in the stock market is no reaction, 
as long as you are invested in index funds rather than individual stocks. So an index fund is basically buying a piece of the stock market. It's a conglomerate of a bunch of different stocks. So you are buying like 1% of, you know, an Apple stock, 1% of an Amazon stock or whatever. That way your money is spread out a lot more. You're not buying, you know, $1,000 worth of Amazon stock. And then if Amazon stock value tanks, you're in big trouble. Um, when you have an index fund and Amazon stock value tanks, it's not as big of a deal because it's a small portion of your overall investment. Remember that the market will bounce back eventually if you're patient. Um, the only time you should maybe worry is if you are close to retirement age and the stock market is entering a recession, then I would talk to your financial advisor and ask if you can invest in more safe investments like bonds you get a lower rate of return so you're getting less interest but they are safer and you're less likely to lose money during a recession for the younger people a recession is actually the best time to buy shares of index funds so if you have a hundred dollars you could buy a hundred shares at one dollar each when the market is low but that same $100 would only buy you 10 shares when the market is up. So you get way more shares. When the market goes back up and each share is worth $5, your $100 investment turns into $500 with no extra contributions from you. And here's a bonus tip. Run your credit report. You can get one free credit report each year from each of the three major bureaus by visiting www.annualcreditreport.com. Request your report from all three of the bureaus, which are Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, this first time to look for any inconsistencies and to get a complete list of your debts. And thanks to COVID, all three bureaus were offering free weekly credit reports through April of 2021. So that would have been a great time to clean up any issues with your report, but you should definitely check and see if they are currently doing that whenever you listen to this. So your credit report will only show liabilities in your name. That is a great way to find any random old liabilities that you forgot about or that have been sent to collections, but you won't see any asset information or your credit score. If you're interested in your score, you can get your free credit score from Credit Karma or some credit card accounts. You shouldn't have to pay for your credit score. Going forward, put a reminder on your calendar every four months, request a credit report from a different, different bureau so that you can keep an eye on the debt in your name. If you are requesting from a different bureau every four months, you have pretty consistent monitoring and by the time you get back to that first bureau, it'll have been a year and you're eligible for your next free report. Basically, the super easy calculation, calculating your net worth, it helps you measure your progress and it will motivate you, I promise. Well, it'll motivate you when you're making progress. Okay, that's it. See, I told you it was easy to calculate your net worth. It's helpful to have a list of your assets and debts anyway, 
But knowing your net worth and tracking it and its changes is hugely beneficial to understanding your financial position. So even if your net worth is negative or zero right now, you can change it. You can improve it and you can grow. What should you do next? You should download the Calculate Your Net Worth worksheet in the show notes and start filling it out. If you're a spreadsheet person, you can easily turn the worksheet into a spreadsheet to calculate your net worth automatically and track it from month to month. Make sure to get your free credit reports as part of the process too. And then keep calculating your net worth every month, every six months, or every year. Seeing the progress will help you stay motivated on your financial journey. While you're at it, download the Debt Payoff Planner from balancedfi.com slash debtpayoffplanner and fill in your debt information while you're looking it up anyway to calculate your net worth. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the Balance Fi podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes or told a friend. As always, you can head to balancedfi.com to connect with me and stay in touch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at BalancedFI. Until next time, stay intentional and look for balance.